Ward. Another goal chance here, and it's in, and it's starting to become a little miserable now. Werner Brogan. It's a bit of a car crash now with this game. We're losing our game if we continue with what's what's there in the present format. There has to be a system where teams play in a far more level footing, and the top tier teams can play among themselves as well. You know, Dublin got a lot of probably some some frees we need to tidy up on. That's what, you know we'd have we'd have to look at that uh, their concession of frees, or you know maybe the frees against us was probably a bit high, but you know that's something we'll 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 uh, sharpen up on. I think the way they went about their job dominated us in in the collisions. They managed to get through the other side of the tackle and got the ball away. And our point of uh, defence kept kept changing, kept us on the back foot and. You know, from there, they, they got a, a couple of killer passes away and we, we struggled. I fancy Barcelona, they, they look the best team in Europe. Watching the midweek in the, uh, the Copa del Rey final, outstanding again. That front three is going to take some stopping, but Juventus were equally as impressive in, uh, in the Bernabeu. I think Barcelona just led it. A nasty bounce of the ball that beat David Platt. Staunton plays it in again towards Tony Casparino! Yesterday being a bank holiday, we're bringing you the Rewind on Tuesday this weekend. There you heard from Longford manager Jack Sheedy on why the championship format needs to change. Galway boss Anthony Cunningham on next Saturday's replay with Dublin in the Leinster Hurling Championship. Get Jamie Carricker talking to Sky Sports about this Saturday's Champions League final. Anthony Foley on Munster's defeat to Warriors in the Guinness Pro 12 final. And a classic memory from Ireland against England. Those two meet this Sunday at the Aviva. Paddy Mulligan, former Ireland international, will preview for us. And we'll ask him if it's a good game to have, given that the Scotland one, the qualifier, is actually more important in a result sense. Let's start with GAA in a big weekend of hurling as Dublin clash with Galway in their replay in Tullamore on Saturday at 4.45. Following their draw last Sunday at Croke Park, this Sunday, Cork take on Waterford in the Munster semi-final. Rebels captain Anthony Nash has been talking to me about improving on their league final defeat to the Dacia at the same venue last month. But first, let's talk with Waterford forward Brian O'Halloran. Now the Clashmore Kinsale Begman is in a unique position for this game as he lives and works in Cork and was raised on the border, with Yall Bridge being part of his daily commute to school. O'Halloran made his debut in 2010 and started against Tipperary in the All-Ireland semi-final. He admits himself that that was a tough beginning to his inter-county career, and one that was hard to recover from. We meet O'Halloran at the Hurling Wall in Castle Martyr in East Cork, that's the village where Pat Short has his bar, and I started by asking if living in Cork can be awkward, given their last meeting with the Rebels and the upcoming game this week. Uh, yeah, it is a small one, I suppose. Um, I suppose I'm half used to it at this stage, having kind of gone to school in Yall. I'd be um, used to dealing with Cork people, and I'd have a lot of Cork friends. So, um, yeah, there's a good bit of banter now coming up to the match and things. So, um, I suppose an extra way of looking forward to it, really. And you can pretty much see Yall Bridge from your house, can't you? So you're, you're really close. Yeah, as close as you can get. Um, you know, Clashmore, um, Clashmore's my place, all right, but... Uh, as close, to get, as close as I can get to y'all, that's where I am. So, um, as I said, you know, an extra bit of banter, an extra incentive to, to be Cork, hopefully. Now, I went to school in Dungarvan, so that's in Waterford, but when you're from the border area like I am, I'm only a few miles over the road from you, I used to get very frustrated growing up when you see Cork winning All-Irelands. Were you the same? Was, it, was that a driving force for you? Was it, was, it, was it something that kind of annoyed you? Definitely, I think one of my first All-Ireland memories was 99, um, seeing Cork with Joe Dean and Ben O'Connor and the likes winning. And then I suppose all the all the noughties, Cork kind of Cork again dominated. So um, I was brought up with watching Cork winning, and I know um, my father and a lot of my family will be um, will be quite bitter. Um, thinking back to the eighties, did some did some very tough days um, watching Cork and Waterford games. But 
Um, I think since 2003 the, or 2004, the Munster final, um, Waterford and Cork have kind of they've taken on a life of their own, and since then they've been um, it's been fairly even as regards wins. So um, yeah, it's been a big change, and we're glad to be a part of that. To be honest. Now you yourself, you're quite a young man, but you've been around inter-county hurling for quite a long time. Uh, Davy Fitzgerald first brought you into the squad. Yeah, um, I suppose after my leaving cert in 2010, I was brought in. I'm thinking I was going to be a water boy for a few months, but I um, ended up playing a bit of a monster final and getting a nice roasting in an Ireland semi-final. But um, look, I suppose it was all an experience at the time, and unfortunately after that, um, injuries seemed to take over, and it was it was hard to get a break. But um, this year now, thank God, the injuries have stayed, stayed away, and I've been able to get a, a nice run at it. And you know, it's intercounty's tough enough without getting um, without getting injuries and stuff. So this is the first year now where I'm really, I'm really kind of enjoying it, you know. And thankfully we're winning. I suppose it's easy to enjoy it when you are winning. Was it hard to stick at it? Because by the sounds of it, you've become stronger through the experience. But that's easy to say now. Back then, it can't have been that easy at all. Yeah, thinking back, I you know I can't believe I did stick at it. You know, there was friends going on J ones, and I was sitting on a sideline for the summer. Um, I don't know, was I half mad to to not go off and you know travel the world when I could have with injuries? But um, you know, I stuck at it, and I'm kind of happy I did. You know, I suppose it puts things into perspective. You know, if you have a bad game or something, or you're not looking forward to training, you know, at least you're able to train and able to play. So I suppose if you can take some good out of it, that is, that it is it. What were your immediate memories after 2010? And you mentioned that All-Ireland semi-final. A tough day for all of Waterford. Uh, yeah, um, she's embarrassed, to be honest. You know, um, Anytime you get, a, you get a roast, you're not feeling too good. But I suppose in front of 50,000 people, plus, a, plus an RT audience, um, you're always going to feel a bit embarrassed. But look, I, I'd like to think I have a nice perspective as well. There's more important things in life. Um, at the time, it was, it was hard to take, you know, but you know, I went to college a few weeks later and there was good banter and things. And, you know, you wouldn't be long forgetting about it, going back to the club either and things. So, as I said, it was tough to take, and, but there is more important things in life and you have to keep remembering that as well. And you were very unlucky. You got injured not long after. Yeah, uh, the year after, um, I was playing in January and looking forward to the 2011 year and just got a rare injury in a hamstring tendon. And um, rare being the kind of the root word, um, that was a year gone. And um, after that, it was kind of an ongoing thing for a year or two. And then two years ago, I was hope I was kind of going well again in the league and got another rare ankle injury. So that was basically another year, year and a half gone. So two um, two rare injuries that uh, frustrated me. But as I said, hopefully they're behind me now. So you get onto the panel in 2010, but 2015, this year is the first year you've had a clean run from the McGrath Cup onwards, or the Waterford Crystal Cup onwards. The McGrath Cup, of course, is football. Yeah, and I suppose even going back further, it's my first time that I kind of probably got a proper pre-season which was a big one and um, you know from October November on I was able to train fully and I think I definitely benefited from that and you know it's a different it's a different game when you are able to, to play the whole time um, I think you know watching training and things unless you have been injured people don't understand how frustrating it is um, it's it's a real killer you know and, and I'd nearly rather not watch training sounds kind of bad but when you're watching training your your head can get um, fairly wrecked so as I said, this year I've been able to partake in nearly, nearly every session, so it's a nice change. I suppose you have a particular insight into what Park Mahoney is going through at the moment, given that he's pretty much out for the season now. Yeah, uh, you know, as cruel as it gets, um, probably a full year out, and, you know, someone who's really at the peak of his, at the peak of his powers, but, you know, there's, there's no one more of a winner than Paulie, really, you know, and if I was betting on anyone to get back better than, better than he was, it'd definitely be a Paulie, you know, I've, as regards mental mental toughness and things like that, I he'd be a banker for getting back. To be honest, what are the words of advice 
that you have or would give Putty? I don't need to tell him anything that I suppose that he won't be thinking himself. Um, you know, I suppose the cliche to stick at it and keep the head up. Um, like the, the next few months are probably going to be the hardest when he won't be able to do much and he'll be watching us on the sidelines. But I think once once our year is over, um, you know, and he can think back to next year, I think he'll be he'll be okay then. But you know, the next few months will probably be the toughest. What about your own game? Have you had to tweak it a bit given the injuries you've had, or? Are you the kind of player that you were always going to be if you follow my lead on that kind of question? I've seen you get out in front of guys and turn and shoot and I've seen you do that injured in a Western Intermediate final against my own club. You very nearly stole it. Um, you know, Is that very much your game or is that something that you've had to tweak and change as the, the years have gone on and you've grown and have had to kind of get over injuries? Um, I don't think I've had to. No, I don't think I've had to tweak my game to injuries. Um, you know, People would be looking out for things, you know, was he as fast or was he faster before injuries, things like that, but do you know, I never bought into any of that. To be honest, Do you know, I was, I never measured my speed or anything like that. So I didn't. I just went out and played the game always. I didn't think about how the injury was going to affect my game or had it made any difference. To be honest, I just went out and played it. Yeah. Derek McGrath seems to be the kind of manager who breathes confidence in the squad, and you can actually see that on the pitch. He seems to very much believe in the message he's putting across and the system that he's implemented. That has worked. Of course, the system is no good unless guys work hard and they're good at what they do in year. Yeah, um, Derek has a huge influence, you know, I suppose, having worked with De La Salle, he commanded respect almost instantly. Um, um, last year was a very tough year for us all, but, you know, not one of us doubted Derek ever, to be honest, you know. Um, even in the toughest times last year, we all knew that it would come good eventually because the right man was there. And, um, you know, this year, it's, you know, I'm personally delighted for him. It's gone well so far because of the work that he puts into it. And... Um, I think it's only second nature that if you have a manager that's, that has that much trust in the players that they'll trust him back. It's Cork, first up in the Championship. Is it essentially like a replay given that they were the last team you played competitively in the league final and you won it well? Uh, replay, I wouldn't think so. No, I'd like to go to clean slate more than anything. Um, the league was big for us, you know, probably bigger than it would have been for, for some counties. Um, but the Championship's a clean slate and... You know, I'd be, I'd be expecting Cork to be a different animal in, in a few weeks than they were in the league final. So I um, know it's a clean slate. It's a new competition. It's it's championship. It's it's where everyone wants to be. And um, you know, we're looking forward to it. But as I said, I expect Cork to be a completely different animal to the one we faced a few weeks ago. I heard Keel Lynch after the match last week, and he said, like you know, since he was a boy, he dreamed of playing in Tours and days of that. And you know, I suppose he's like every single one of us. You know, we were all dragged and brought up there from seven years old and then listened to the band and you know so it is dream stuff you know to be hopefully a sunny day playing Cork and Turles doesn't get much better Do you appreciate it all the more given what you've gone through yourself? Definitely yeah um, you know injuries are one thing I suppose um, my good friend like Jamie Wall Cork man um, you'd be on about appreciating things like uh, a guy who's was at the peak of his powers a bit like Paddy Manny but unfortunately Jamie's a lot more serious left in a wheelchair so if I was on about appreciating things you know I suppose you appreciate things simple things you can do every day when you think of Jamie but especially you know you appreciate running out in Semple Stadium it's such a such an honour really you know when you think of all the people who'd love to do it and they can so I suppose that's the that's the appreciation more than anything else Yeah. In some ways does that take pressure off? I know it's ridiculous to say that in some ways because you know there is pressure but it, it's as Paddy Cullen once said to me about 91 and losing to me he said it was hurt but it was only sports hurt Exactly no you couldn't have said it much better I'm like I remember losing a match under 14 years ago and and our manager saying the sun still rises in the morning, and you know it's true. You know, no matter what happens against Cork in a few weeks, you know if it does go the wrong way, we'll be gutted, obviously. But as I always say, like there is there is more important things in life. Um, like you know, hurling does consume us, and it is the majority of our life these days. But you know, it's there is more there is more to it.
Now you've started and been sub in, in games. You've got game time by and large in every game. Do you prepare differently if you know you're not starting a game, or do you prepare the same? Um, yeah, you you prepare differently. Um, I suppose when you're a sub, you have the luxury of of seeing it before you go on, and you know you're often thinking, "What would I do here now if I came on there? Or what would I do in this situation?" So I suppose that is the difference. Um, you know, you have to you have to maintain your your concentration and your focus, even if you are sub or starting, but. I suppose the one difference of being a sub is you do get to kind of half see the exam before you go out and sit it. So um, that's that's the only difference, really. Your good mates with Seamus Harnady and maybe one or two other Cork lads, will there be no contact between now and then? Um, it'll probably be fairly quiet right for the next few weeks, but I know Shane will be the first lad after, after the match to text me as well. So um, it'll probably go a bit quiet this week, but that's more of a mutual understanding than anything else. Um, we'll set aside our, our, our differences then and um, hopefully enjoy a point after. What's been the biggest positive for you of Waterford's year so far? Um, I suppose it's just been nice to see that people you know, are coming to our games again and I think the supporters are you know, they're, they're the best around really and to see them so disconsolate last year and to see the, you know, the lack of support maybe at the, at the start of this year was, was disappointing but um, to give them something to cheer about really you know, I think after the league final and things and you really realise them days how much it means to people. I think sometimes the supporters and our families get more of a kick out of it than, than any of the players do, you know. You really and you really get to see that on the on the big days. So I suppose the big positive for me is that people are talking about Waterford Hurley again and people in Waterford are kind of some way proud hopefully of what we're doing. This is the rewind on News Talk I'm Oshin Langan and that's Waterford forward Brian O'Halloran on getting over a bad start to his intercounty career, along with injury troubles and this week's game against Cork it's on this Sunday in Thurless we'll have live updates across the afternoon on Off the Ball now still to come Gaelic football and a look ahead to the big weekend of soccer which includes the Champions League final and Ireland's meeting with England but first more from the Cork side ahead of their meeting with Waterford let's hear now from Rebel skipper Anthony Nash who assesses their year so far um, I suppose there's a lot more positive than the negatives I suppose we st- at start of the year we wanted to try and um, avoid relegation first of all because we saw the competitive nature of Division 1A um, second thing I suppose is when we got to the qualifiers or to the uh, qualification stages we wanted to try and make the final and uh, which we did and unfortunately just, uh, the final didn't go our way but um, definitely more positive than negatives and I suppose the one thing about the league is that it's over now and we just look forward to the championship so I suppose we'll be judging our championship campaign more so than the league I suppose we as fans and maybe in the media were looking and judging Cork specifically on the final but do you look and judge on what you've done so far and take things out of everything rather than just what happened in that final against Waterford the league final I suppose like the Watford game is going to take more prominence, obviously because it was the last game and the fact we're playing Watford again. Like, but definitely we looked out, you know, neg- a lot of negatives and positives throughout the league. Like, um, we don't just look at the negatives and try and improve, and then we look at the positives as well and say, look what worked well and what we can try and do the next day. And um, you know, so that's what we really have looked at over the last couple of weeks, and um, I suppose a week out from the match then as well, you're just kind of fine tuning those things. When you're taking puck outs against Waterford, I suppose if you go long, you know they're going to bunch at the back. If you go short, you know that it's going to be difficult to work through that. So. How do you make that decision? How do you plan it? Um, I suppose we kind of looked at a few things, right? Like, but uh, look, every day you go, teams kind of sit back and kind of defend against puckouts because they know if you win primary possession, it's the stuff thing. I like stats wise, I say primary possession in a lot of games have gone. You know, teams trying to spoil each other on puckouts. Um, I just think Hoof it down top of the half hour and blamed him if it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> I think is the best thing. But yeah. um, no, look, I suppose uh, we've looked at how they went the last day, but. You know, we won a few as well. Like, and um, I think I don't know what the exact percentages are. You know, of, uh, of the game itself, but um, 
I suppose every day you go, to, it's, it's, teams are just trying to sit back and try and get in the breaks and stuff. So it doesn't really change too much, really. Just I suppose they have an extra one or two bodies back there. Yeah. So you just have to try and win secondary possession if you're not going to win primary possession, really, is what you have to look at. Obviously, you're busy at times, but then there's other times where you're not doing so much, but you are concentrating. How does it work from your view? I mean, how do you view a team like Water from the vantage point that you're looking at? Um, I suppose they played. Look, listen, everyone's going on about their you know, this game plan, this game plan. They're fit and they're strong and they work very hard for each other. And, you know, that's great positives for themselves. Um, we're not happy with our own performance. Water played very, very well. Um, we just have to try and improve our own performance and, you know, try and, like, you know, try and improve the way we hurled the last day. More so than worry about how Waterford did. Like, look, they were very good and they deserved their victory, which is no point saying otherwise. Like, you know, we wouldn't try and pick excuses or anything because there aren't any there. But all I'd say is that we just have to get right for championship. Um, since the draw was made, we've been looking forward to this game. You know, you use the league to get right for championship, and now it's this time of year. So, as I said, we'll be judging these performances more than we will be on the, the league ones. Has it affected your confidence, or are you still going in and looking and saying, you know what, we're Cork, we can take teams on, we can pull performances? I won't say out of nowhere, but form seems to matter little. To Cork more so than maybe any other county. I wouldn't say that. Jesus, I think people say we're you know inconsistent this that and the other. Like and it was listen, we go to every day the team. I, I, there's no inconsistency in effort anyway. Like you know, yeah. people like when teams turn up and play very well against us, it's very hard. Like any other team would find in any other sport. So you know, every day we go, we're all trying a hundred percent. So the fact I don't know about the farm thing. Like I think the look, we're just ready to go. We um, we want to be. Where we mentally and physically ready for the next day, and physically we are, and it's just um, you know mentally, I suppose, it's just the last week of it is just trying to fine tune that side of things, and you know, be right, and uh, again, just look about. It's a cliche, but we have to worry about ourselves more than the other teams, you know. Penalties have changed. Will you still go up and take them? No, geez, I'd say not. No, I'd say um, I don't know what the management who they'll have decided. So Patrick was taking them last year, so um, he might probably will start them again. But if the management asked me to take them, of course yeah. I would. Like, but for the time being. Um, I'll just try and worry about the goalkeeping aspect side of things and uh, you know, I'll try and get that right and um, hopefully influence the game that way. Do they allow you to make that decision with, say, if you're two points down in a game against Waterford or whoever this summer, would they have the trust in you to say, look, I'm going to step up and take this and would, would Pat Horgan be okay with that or whoever's taking it be okay with that? If Hoggy feels like, like the management will tell us before the game like, and if things aren't going, they're very, they're very lenient that way. Like If Hoggy, even for long range frees there, if he's on form, I let him come back as far as he wants. He's our main free taker, and he's a fantastic free taker. Like so, like if he wants, if he feels he can make it or doesn't want to come back that far, then I'll come out. I've no issue. I, I'm glad to stand aside once he splits the post, like which he does most of the time. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind. I honestly, to God, I don't, couldn't care if the cornerback scored a penalty or scored a long range or once it goes over the bar. And I think that's uh, the kind of ethos we have inside there. It doesn't matter who scores once we get the scores, you know. Lorcan McLaughlin is out of this game. Hopefully he'll be back for whichever game comes after. How big a loss is that for, for, for Cork? That's ah, huge, huge for myself, club and county as well, because like, you know, Lorcan is like one of my best friends on the team as well. So see this happened to him as heartbreaking, like, you know, and as soon as it happened I kinda I had an idea of what was gone wrong. But um look both teams have lost lost players, like, you know, we've lost Christopher Joyce as well, Lucrucia as well for the Irish people, I suppose wouldn't have forgotten about, but I suppose we gone to the back of their mind, so you want to go with every day with the strongest team you can have and against the strongest team that they can have and losing Paul Romani as well is a huge loss, you know, personally for himself. Like so um they're look on a huge loss of course, but like, you know, it's up to the list don't step up and say, Look, this is my chance that I mightn't have gotten the last in, I'm gonna perform and show the management to look that I'm able to be on this panel and second of all be able to play in the team and you know, whoever gets his gets the jersey that he, he was he was gonna have then proves that uh, they're good enough to take it, you know. For fans outside of Cork or for people who don't follow it like game by game 
Um, Aidan Ryan came in out of pretty much nowhere to start in the league final. Did pretty well, substituted, but he's only getting used to being at inter-county intensity again. How difficult is it to, to work with a new full-back, though, as a goalkeeper? I was saying there a while ago, you know, full-back is... There's no natural full-back much anymore, you know, in the game. Like, you fellas that are playing... Like the full forward might be standing full back for all the game. They're trying to isolate full forward, moving around left, right, and centre. And I thought he had a great game the last day. Um, listen, I just have to get myself right. Yeah. Like I could look up at some stage, and my centre back could be in front of me, or a midfielder could be in front of me. So it's not as if full back like is going to be there all the time anyway. So I just think once defenders have to be mobile and play in any different position. But um, you know, I'm, I suppose four or five out of our backs have been there all year. So you know, I suppose we used to playing behind them anyway. But I just think it's the same communication with all of them that. Just make sure that um, the communication is good between the, the, the lines and hopefully that that'll, you know, that'll replicate the next step. And just before I let you go, big losses in Lorcan and uh, Christopher Joyce, but Brian Murphy is back. Yeah, it's great. It's excellent. Jimmy, um, Jimmy was on to him and asked him to come back and you know he got over the club games and uh, decided to come back. Like, and the thing what people didn't realise was that with work commitments and family commitments, Brian was unable to, you know, to join the panel last year. Like, and, you know... He hadn't really retired at any stage because like, he was playing so well for the club anyway, you know, and we were always watching and knew that he'd be plenty good enough. And you know, he's a great addition to the panel. Like, you know, he's not a multiple other winner. He's um great attitude, gets on with his work, um, you know, performs very well in field and is very selfless. Like, you know, he he'll give up his you know, his his game to help someone else if he can and having fellas like that around the place is fantastic and we're Oh, more than delighted to have him back in the panel. This is the Rewind on News Talk. I'm O'Shea Langan and that was Cork goalkeeper Anthony Nash ahead of Sunday's Munster Championship meeting in Thurles between the Rebels and Waterford. Still to come, international football and Gaelic football. But first, there's big games in Leinster this weekend in Port Leash. Leash take on Offaly, while in Mullagar it's Westmeath against Wexford. These, of course, the hurling quarterfinals. On Saturday, it's the replay in Tullamore as Dublin take on Galway. Of course, Galway can't bring the game to Pierce Stadium because that's not part of their agreement in the Leinster Championship. They don't get home games, which which is not ideal for them and probably not right either. Anyway, Sean Walsh is the hurling commentator with Galway BFM. He joins me to look ahead. Sean, the consensus is that the tribesmen are in a better position following the drawn game. But before we talk about that, what do you think of the fact that Galway don't get home games in Leinster and that this game is not in Pierce Stadium? Really, you would have to say, and, and it's, it's not purely because of this game, I think it's Galway's seventh year now in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, and um, I think it is beyond time, really, that, that the county has been, or should be taken on board as being a, we call it, regular member of the Leinster um, uh, counties and cartel, if you like. Um, I suppose that there would be one or two kind of red flags here locally in Galway in the last few years, in the sense that both the minor team and under-21 team uh, last season were refused entry into the Leinster Championship, yet the intermediate team uh, has been taken into the, the Leinster Championship. You would you know, query why that is, uh, probably because the intermediate All-Ireland uh, series is probably an ailing competition and it probably suits in that case. Definitely Galway um, have added to the Leinster Championship. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, winning it, obviously, in 2012, but I think they've brought a competitive nature to it. And therefore, it's hard to see why uh, Galway don't qualify for all of the benefits, not alone, you know, possible home games, but also, you know, uh, the full rigours of coaching and financial uh, backing uh, that the other counties receive. The other thing I would say is that from a Galway perspective, um, 
the chance of having a home championship game, Oshin, would be absolutely uh, of enormous benefit, you know, to the you to the you could imagine the uh, excitement it would generate to have the game in Galway next uh, weekend. And I think that you know, I can only think of in, in the last uh, number of years, 2003, Galway played at Bear and Beer Stadium. Uh, Galway played Clare uh, in a qualifier game uh, a few years ago as well. And you know, if you're trying to spread the hurling gospel. And uh, you know, have a, a kind of a showcase game in each of the hurling counties. Uh, surely that would be the case. But look, that's a, a talking point as of now. Um, I think it's acceptable. While it was floated after the game uh, on Sunday in Crow Park, I think there was also an acceptance that the game would be at a Leinster venue, and therefore it's fixed for Tullamore on Saturday evening. But without a doubt, I think that there would be a strong feeling now that uh, Galway should be getting some home games in in this format. Is resistance from certain quarters in Galway holding this back? I mean, all the resistance isn't coming from outside of the county, from what I can see. I wouldn't think so. At this stage, I think the the resistance that was there, probably Ocean, was there at the start in the terms of going into the Leinster Championship. I think that resistance is gone. I think that that resistance was gone last season when, as I said, uh, both the under-21s and minor teams uh, sought to go into the Leinster Championship. And I think that that uh, resistance is no longer there. Now, without a doubt, though, I would uh, certainly, um, you know, taper it by saying uh, that if Galway were asked, they would obviously go for an open draw Champions League style format. I think that, you know, you would question um, the provincial championships now as it's set up in, in the hurling structures because, you know, we've certainly seen in Munster in the last few years that a number of teams that have won the Munster Championship haven't gone on to win the All-Ireland. And I think that as time goes on, you're going to see teams maybe tailoring their um, their routes through the various championships. Obviously, the backdoor system is probably what people want to avoid, but at the same time, you can come through the backdoor. So I think longer term for the development of hurling in the country, uh, given that there isn't the you know the 22 or the 32 county uh, spread of teams at an equal level, I think it's going to have to look at a format that's different. Definitely, Galway would, would have that as their number one priority. Uh, but certainly uh, the Leinster Championship and being in the Leinster Championship and having all their teams in the Leinster Championship with all the benefits that that does bring, including home venue, would certainly be a very strong second, yeah. You raise many valid points. Let's concentrate on the game itself. Galway against uh, Dublin in Tullamore this Saturday evening at 4.45 in the Leinster quarterfinal replay. Uh, would you agree that Galway had the advantage going into this one? Yeah, it's you know, I always am intrigued by this, Ocean. You know, I mean, in a drawn game... It's like the winner loser. There always has to be a winner and a loser of a drawing game. It seems a lot of people have said that uh, since uh, Sunday, but I don't know. I I think that I thought the game was you know a kind of I won't say pedestrian, but I didn't think it was a hectic game on Sunday. Galway started well. You know when Joseph Cooney scored the goal, they went one six to three points up. Dublin hit the next four points. There was a point between them at half time. I thought Dublin, you know, when they went three points up in the second half, should have driven on. Uh, but they left it hanging there. The late free that David Tracy missed proved crucial, and Galway came back with the equaliser for a maiden heart. Probably from a Galway viewpoint, there's a few things. Number one, there's no doubt that Galway have been very much um, hit by injury. I know Dublin have as well, but I mean, Conor Cooney, Dahi Burke, Niall Burke, for instance, uh, not involved uh, the last day. You did get uh, David Burke and Niall Healy onto the field at the end of the game. Uh, Joe Canning, not right with that hand injury. Uh, David Glennon, as I said, another player that has, uh, you know, is, has a hamstring injury. Great to see Sarah Donnan getting a game as well the last day. But a most interesting aspect of, particularly the defence, by the end of the game, 
when Irla Tanyan and Gareth McInerney uh, left the field Galway had four debutants in their defence they had John Hanbury and Parik Mannion making their first start they brought in uh, Greg Lally at wing back who was getting his first championship taste and Gareth McInerney was starting his first um, uh, championship game he was taken off and replaced by Paul Killeen who had only started the game against Kilkenny last year so it was a very youthful look to the Galway defence and I suppose from that point of view the fact that Galway also created a number of goal chances didn't take them. There may be a, a feeling that Galway may have an advantage, but I don't know because, I mean, you look at Dublin, I mean, Peter Kelly was a huge loss, uh, Paul Schuette is a loss, but Dublin didn't seem to play as well as they're capable. Now, Danny Sutcliffe and Mark Schuette got three points each from play, particularly Schuette had Johnny Cohen in trouble for long stages in that opening half. Um you would think that there's more in Dublin as well. So I, while people are saying that Galway have an advantage, I don't know how big it is. I think I think Tullamore will actually suit Dublin more. Uh, they're a strong physical team. Galway are a quite strong physical team as well. But um, Tullamore may actually suit the Dublin game plan that little bit more. Uh, the other thing you'd say is that in the last few years, Galway's record in replays hasn't been good in the All-Ireland final replay against Kilkenny and last year against Kilkenny, whereas... Dublin did defeat Kilkenny in a replay recently. So you have all those types of factors, but I think it'll come down again to uh, who wanted more, you know, whose game plan works better on the day. I think that you will find that both teams, Oshin, will benefit from the game last Sunday. I thought there was a lot of rush in it. Uh, I know that Dublin reached the league semi-final, uh, probably disappointed not to win that, but in Galway's viewpoint, they didn't have a game for nine weeks since going out at the league quarter-final stage. So I think both teams needed the game. Uh, I'd say the respective managements uh, will be looking at trying to, you know, gain an advantage in whatever way they can in terms of will it be changing personnel, will it be changing the way they play Edger uh, and Anthony Cunningham respectively this week. So a lot of it will come down to that, but I think, look, it's nearly the favor- or the bookies had Dublin as favourites the last year. They probably still are favourites with maybe Galway feeling that they, they have more to gain from the last day, but I think it's still 50-50. This is the Rewind on News Talk, and that was Galway Bay FM commentator Sean Walsh on this Saturday's Leinster quarter-final replay between Galway and Dublin in Tullamore. It starts at 4.45. It will be followed by the clash of Leash and Kildare in the Leinster football quarter-final. We'll have a lot more on all of this weekend's GA across the week on Off the Ball between 7 and 9 Monday to Thursday and 7 and 10 on Friday. And don't forget the GAA podcast, the lads from Off the Ball bringing you that this Friday. Our live and exclusive national radio commentary this weekend, by the way, comes from the Ulster Championship as Derry take on down in the quarter-final. The winner meets Donegal or Armagh in the semi-final. Now, given the beatings that Waterford and Longford uh, took over the weekend, the debate seems to have turned into a cry for change to the championship structure, as in it's not really a debate anymore. It's just a a shout for help from weaker counties. After their heavy defeat to Dublin, Longford manager Jack Sheedy told off-the-ball matchday commentator Dave McIntyre why change needs to happen. There's no other team going to come and fare much better than we did today. Um, yes, some of them will fare a little bit better and maybe some of them will come and put 15 guys behind the ball or 14 guys behind the ball and, and keep the scoreline down for for 40 or 50 minutes. But the ultimate result is that, that Dublin are too powerful for everybody in Leinster. Uh, so either you take Dublin out of Leinster, which is not appropriate, um, or you change the system. And I think the system is far outdated at this stage. I think there's there's need for for change. Uh, and, and Does the provincial system need to be abandoned at this stage, at least on a trial basis, to see how it goes and maybe look at it again and after a couple of years put something to the vote perhaps. But is 
are we doing more damage by doing nothing? Well, I think I think we're losing our, our, our lo- we're losing our game um, if we continue with what's what's there in the present format. Um, there has to be a system where. Uh, teams play in a far more level footing and the top tier teams can play among themselves as well and the teams at, at the lower levels and, and it can be based on league or whatever there's, there's an awful lot of very intelligent people involved in GEA throughout the country and it's time that they abandon the you know, the, the old way of doing things we have a, a fabulous uh, game to present and to promote but we're, we're, losing, we're losing people rapidly we're losing interest because of the, the way the game has gone, the style of football and the way it's managed it's, it just needs a huge overhaul and it's Would your players though want to come back training with you in January if they knew that they weren't going to be playing for the big prizes, if they knew they weren't going to be playing against the top teams that it was going to be some sort of a, a Tommy Murphy style competition in which they maybe didn't have an interest, would they come back for the hard slog in the winter if that was all that was waiting for them at the end of it? They probably will because they have a belief and, a, and an interest in playing for their counties. But the thing is that it can't just be thrown at them the way the Tommy Murphy Cup was thrown at the counties years ago. Um, there has to be uh, a carrot at the end of it. Like if if sixteen teams or eighteen teams, whatever the case may be, play in a second tier competition, there has to be a. Uh, a gateway at the top of that that the two finalists get back into the to the main championship and, and I think that would be probably the fairest way of doing it but it has got to be presented it's got to be packaged first presented and marketed and sold to the to the to the playing community and, and the people who, who, who really matter. Finally Jack you mean you saw it first hand today and you looked at the options that Jim has on the bench it's frightening think of the guys who weren't even there today like Savory O'Carroll, Keane O'Sullivan, James McCarthy it's so early in the summer to be asking about, but can Dublin be stopped? Donegal come up with the answer last year. Do you see somebody having the answer this year? Um, it's very, it's possible, yeah. But you know, uh, that result out there today is not going to determine whether Dublin can be stopped or whether whether they're going, they're going to win in All Ireland. Um, Dublin have a tremendous panel. They've a really super panel and, and great depth and. and some fabulous players. So the the thing is that you know there will be ways. People, teams will look at ways, and you know Derry did it here in the in the National League, and and Tyrone have done it as well. And people will look at that and say, well, this, if if this is the only way we can beat Dublin, we're going to have to set up that way. Uh, I would like to think that Dublin would be a lot smarter or wiser in in the way they approach teams who set up like that, and. Uh, that they will find a way to bypass it and get around it because um, you know they're a fabulous team to watch when they play you know that type of football and and you know an awful lot better teams than us have tried to beat them with with different systems uh, during the course of this year and last year and Donegal were the only ones that that managed to do that so I hope that that Dublin continue to play that progressive brand of football that they have and the more traditional style of football that they have. Um, because it's a joy to watch Listen Jack it's always good talking to you let's hope Longford have uh, one or two big days ahead of them in the championship before it all wraps up later in the summer Yeah we, we, we'd like to think that if we could if if we finally get a a, a draw in the in the qualifiers that, that gives us a chance to, to get our games up and running again and get our our, our, our players back enthusiastic again
Longford manager Jack Sheedy speaking to Dave McIntyre about championship structures. Change does seem inevitable, doesn't it? It's a case of when rather than if and maybe what the structure will be. You can have your say on Monday. Rewind at Newstalk.com. We'd love to hear from you no matter where you are in the world and you can get us at any stage during the week on that email soccer now and it's a massive weekend coming up as Juventus clash with Barcelona in the Champions League final and Ireland hosts England on Sunday at 1 in the Aviva in a friendly that well quite simply former Ireland international Paddy Mulligan is more than a friendly but is that a good or a bad thing considering we've got a vital qualifier with Scotland coming up yeah, I think it is. Lads have been certainly lads who play in the championship and haven't played a, a game in, in nearly a month, and and uh, lads who will finish up in the Premiership will probably be a little over two weeks uh, as well without a game. So I think it's it's good to go and get the uh, the match fitness level back up again because it's incredible how quickly match fitness can be lost, even though it's only two two weeks from the Premiership lads and and, and a month for the for the Championship lads. So and get out of condition very, very quickly. The general fitness is going to be fine, but it's just it's just match fitness which is important. So the English game should bring them on a bit, and also there's a, there's a behind closed doors friendly game against the North of Ireland. But I think the English game is going to be a, it's going to be a really good workout, and hopefully it'll, it'll be played at, at a very, very good pace. I would expect so because games between England and Ireland, whether they're friendlies or not. Are, are, are always very, very competitive, and I expect nothing less on, on Sunday. And don't forget, Oshin as well. The lads are going to be playing for the places. They're going to have to start impressing O'Neill and Keane uh, for the big game against Scotland because that, that, that is a massive game against Scotland. Do you think right now Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill still knows his best eleven and his best system, or is that no. fair? Because form changes, guys get injured, etc. Yeah, no, I don't think he, I don't I don't think he knows his best team. And, and certainly uh, the system as well is, is, is very much open to question. Um, all Martin can do is, is, is go and look at the players who, who he sees in training, who he sees playing for their clubs, and then make his, make his judgment on that. And that's what, that's what a manager is, is supposed to do. Martin O'Neill will be, will be no different on, on that one. Uh, whether he persists with playing Robbie Brady in a left-back position um, would be a, 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 a moot point, because I wouldn't have Robbie Brady in a full-back position not in a million years. Because he just, as, as he unfortunately proved against the Poles, he just can't defend. So if you're going to play Robbie Brady, he's going to have to try and play him wide in the left. If 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 he wants to play Robbie Brady, he might he might go with with McLean. He he, he might go with with, with uh, McGeady wide in the right as well. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be playing Robbie Brady at left back. And hopefully, hopefully the players who are out uh, against the Poles, the last game, the likes of Kieran Clark and so on, are, are back fully fit. And, and uh, he could uh, generally uh, slot him there if necessary, or, or Ward. Does the team but kind of pick it? To see a natural fullback uh, there than 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 just a stopgap. Aside from that strange selection, does the team kind of largely pick itself there, or are there big calls in areas like midfield, for example? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see. So it's a, it's a question now: whether he's going to t- pick Wes Holland or not. Um, he, he doesn't trust trust Wes, Wes Holland away from home. So you, you think that maybe he might trust him at home. Uh, Wes is carrying a bit of an injury. He's he's uh, he, he's coming over in spite of Norwich City wanting him to, uh, to stay and, and and rehabilitate during the during the summer for the Premiership next season. But Wes, in fairness to him, uh, is keen to come over and he, he will be here. So whether whether Martin O'Neill uh, goes and picks him, it could be an ideal opportunity on Sunday to have another look at West Holland. But uh, as I stress, the big one is, is, uh, is Saturday week uh, against the Scots. So it won't matter what anybody does next Sunday. It's what they do. It's what they do on Saturday week. How would you like him to set up for this game? If 
for this particular game. I'd like to try. But what? I wouldn't be overly. I wouldn't be too pushed about about the result. Yes, it's always nice to to go and win a game. But and uh, with the Scottish game so close, I'd like to see him get a system in in in, in place, and I would like to see him uh, near as Dammit play play his best eleven at the start of the game, and then if he wants to switch things around uh, and, and give players a, a bit of a run out, who lads who might be close to. to uh, been on the bench or maybe pushing for a place. I'd like to see them maybe get a, get a, get a run out. But I certainly would start out. I would. I'd like to see him start out with with, with the eleven that he feels are going to play against Scotland. Uh, whether he's going to leave that for the midweek uh, friendly uh, uh, against the North of Ireland behind closed doors, I think that might be a bit too late. I prefer to see him go and uh, set his team up on Sunday uh, and and get them playing the way that he wants them to play against the Scots because he knows he should know everything now about the Scots. When there's a game like this, I suppose there's a lot of talk around the game and not necessarily about the game itself. Is that distracting to players, management, etc.? Does it make any difference? No, it shouldn't be. It, should, it shouldn't be. If, if, if you're looking after yourself in a professional uh, manner, it shouldn't matter what, what, what talk is around the game. You know you've got, a, you've got a job to do. It. It's going to be a big game on Sunday. It's a very important game. It's another, another international uh, appearance for, for, for a lot of players. So they should be uh, totally focused on uh, getting this game against England, getting out and playing to the very best of their ability, and, and, and hopefully they'll go on and, and get a win and give them more confidence to, to, to go forward for the, for the big one on, 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 the, on the 13th of June. Big one on Sunday, Ireland against England kicking off at 1 o'clock, live updates across the afternoon and off the ball. What about Saturday night, the Champions League final? How do you see it going? Barcelona yes, I and see, Juventus. I see Barcelona, I see Barcelona winning it and, and um, with all due respect to Juventus, I, I think that defensively the Italians can be, can be absolutely brilliant and can frustrate you. But I think it's going to take a massive effort from Juventus to, to frustrate the likes of Neymar, Suarez and Messi. And, and if, when you're looking at Barcelona these days, you're looking at a team, in, in my opinion anyway, are playing a much more direct game than they did under Guardiola and then they have this marvellous Suarez there not to mention Messi but Suarez is creating so much space for Messi and, and Neymar but Messi's goal uh, last Saturday night in, in the Copa del Rey against Valdao was absolutely magnificent and you know uh, Oshin it restores your faith in, 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 in football uh, after all the shenanigans with FIFA and, uh, that are still ongoing and will continue to be ongoing when you see the likes of Messi and, and Ronaldo and Suarez and players of, of, of that, of that calibre um, playing to the very best of their ability and there, there's Messi playing wonderfully well yet again and just, just keeps doing it OK Paddy Mulligan thanks for joining us on the Rewind podcast Pleasure indeed O'Shane. thank you very much Well that's it for the Rewind this week of course we came to you on Tuesday because of the bank holiday but next week we're back to our regular slot we look back on Ireland against England uh, it kicks off at 1 o'clock this Sunday in the Aviva Stadium as I say live coverage and off the ball they'll also have Derry against Down live in the Ulster Football Championship we'll review that as well as all the other big GA matches going on across the weekend including uh, Kildare against Leash in the Leinster Football Championship and Cork against Waterford in the Munster Hurling Championship also you've got three Leinster quarterfinals one of them a replay Galway taking on Dublin in Tullamore on Saturday and the other two then are Leash against Offaly and Westmeath against Wexford Leash and Westmeath home for those games could there be a shock we will find out remember you can catch us across the week via email on mondayrewind at newstalk.com goodbye for now